you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, too. Go to SquadQL to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, Wrangler jeans are for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, all price points, vintage re-releases, Wrangler has something for everyone. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their selection of jeans, shirts, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits, Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grand, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And Fabs, it's it's a big one to start week four. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, I, I've been doing shows all over the network know, talking right? about this game. And it's like, who do you sit? Well, I don't think really it's anybody like Viking right. defense, you know, Sam Ficken. I, don't, I mean, like you don't sit anybody in that game. No, pretty much. Anybody. I, it's hard. It's pretty hard to sit because you got two great teams, the Vikings and Rams. Their offenses are fantastic. Their defenses are generally pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, it's This is the kind of Thursday night game that I think people have been clamoring for. So uh, we finally got it on tap. Should we'll, be fun. Uh, we'll talk about that plenty more. First, though, behind the glass, as always, is our producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Like you guys just said, I'm super jacked up for tonight's game. Uh, Rams-Vikings should be a good one. It's a great little midweek treat. Uh, we have a really good guest coming up later in the show, too. Excited for that. So today's mm-hmm. a pretty good day. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. As Eddie just mentioned, uh, 
guess I might as well say Darius Geis. Uh, Darius Geis, that's right. He will be on the show. He'll be joining us just in just a little bit to, to talk about his uh, situation, his knee rehab. Of course, uh, missing the full year, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, was injured during the preseason. But uh, we'll talk to him about uh, how things are going in, in that respect. So, uh, of course, we'll go through all the week four games that are on tap. Uh, Eddie's got his delirious pick, and we'll go to the mailbag and get some of your tweets as well. But first, let's do some news. <laughs> Through the news. We'll start in Philadelphia. Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey has returned to practice. He has been out because of a shoulder injury, and we were for a while wondering when he was going to be cleared for contact, when he was going to come back to play, and uh, still not sure if he'll be back this week for the Eagles in their game against the Tennessee Titans, but perhaps it's got to be encouraging, at least that he's getting closer to coming back. Yeah, I mean, cleared for contact, that's big because there's a lot of contact in football the last time I checked, uh, although some of the rules may want to <laughs> sort of eliminate that. That's an I mean, entirely different podcast talk to clay matthew i think exactly right but yeah this is good news it's not good news if you have nelson aguilar and if you look at the numbers uh, last season we saw that alshon jeffrey you know led the team and targets led the team in catches and receiving yards and touchdowns and uh, i think aguilar could see his his targets scaled back just a little bit and also carson wentz coming back too last week didn't put up a great stat line first game back, but now he'll get Alshon Jeffrey back. Maybe not this week, but very soon. He's got Aguilar. He's got Zach Gertz. Uh, Dallas Goddard to sort of make an impact as well. So um, things are looking up for the Eagles offense and the players uh, on that team. Yeah, I'm very curious. Like This is an offense that I just have not been able to figure out. Like it just, yeah. it, It's been up and down, and maybe because they haven't had all their pieces there yet. Did, um, you, did you hear about Jay Ajayi? He's got like a cracked bone in his back. Like, that doesn't sound good at all. Like, he practiced uh, on Thursday, but cracked bone in your back. That like, seems unpleasant. That's like a pain tolerance thing. And I'm a baby. I would cry all day long if I had a cracked bone in my back. It just sounds like it hurts like hell. So that now is a question mark in terms of whether or not you can play him or not. And Titans, ooh, man, that's tough. You know, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, you talk about the cracked bone in his back, but he also had you know knee issues coming out of college. I mean, that was something mm-hmm. that concerned people when he came out of Boise State because yep. he was having, you know, kind of knee issues and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, if he's there, you got to at least consider him, uh, depending on what your options are. But man, it's just that's concerning. Um, the Patriots say they are not worried about Josh Gordon catching up. And he's been kind of working through his own injury issues. Didn't play last week, obviously, but potentially getting ready to play this week. Simple question. If Josh Gordon is on the field for the Patriots, do you start him this week? I don't know that he's anything more than a flex. Uh, We'll see what happens here. And you also worry about that dreaded snap count, although the last time he was on a snap count, he played 69 snaps. (laughs) That was for the Browns. But do keep this in mind. The, The New England Patriots own the Dolphins in New England. Own them. Like in their last nine games, they've averaged like 31 points a game. So if Gordon does get in there, he's got to be in the flex starter conversation because based on... Just that trend, and you know I like to look at that stuff. Uh, the, the Patriots are going to put up a lot of points this weekend. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, look, I, we'll get to the Patriots a little because I, I have questions about them. We'll get to them a little bit later when we start to uh, do our preview for the week. But, mm-hmm. man, there there are some things about them that, that kind of concern me. So uh, we got plenty to talk about. So, uh, you know, that pretty much is all the news you need to know. <laughs> Let's 
but that was the news. Oh, by the way, just uh, a quick note. The uh, thing that just came across Twitter is uh, we were playing that sounder. Buccaneers have officially activated Jameis Winston. Yep. So what are the chances he plays this week after Fitzpatrick throws four picks in the first half? Uh, Potential. Mm-hmm. Very much potential. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, so but now it is uh, actually official. Yep. With smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping, Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. Perfect for working out, going to work, going on dates, just everyday life. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. And if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Look, I know that I've got some on order. I'm waiting to give it. I was able to kind of cruise their website, check some things out. It looks great, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting a hold of it. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited. We'll talk about it probably when it when it comes on a later podcast. <laughs> uh, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code LIVE at checkout. That's MacWeldon.com and enter promo code LIVE at checkout for 20% off your first order. Joining us now on the phone, it is Washington rookie running back Darius Geis. Darius, we appreciate you making some time. How are you doing today? I uh, appreciate you, man. I'm doing good today. How you doing? Good. Good, man. Hey, Darius, so uh, the question everyone wants to know, how's the rehab going? How's the knee? Everything going well? Everything's going well. Um, Tuesday, May week six of um, post-surgery, and um, I'm making a lot of progress. Uh, you know, we're not rushing it. We're taking our time with it, and um, every, everything's going smooth, actually. You know, everything's going really well. Got, uh, got uh, all of my extension back. Got most of my rotation back in my knee as well, and you know everything's going well. What about your relationship with, with Chris Thompson? Now I see you guys on social media. Um, th- there's definitely something going on there with you two teammates. Uh, talk about Chris Thompson and sort of his role in this Redskins backfield because he's had a really good start to the season. Um, he's one of those guys that you can you can lean on. You know, when, whenever you have problems about something or questions about something because he's a vet in the league and um he's going through some some season ending injuries as well so um he's just one of those guys that you know he, he's very humble you know um he's not selfish at all you know he's willing to help you know um even when you don't have questions he's gonna make sure you know what's going on and make sure you understand how important this and this is he's just one of those guys that's you know that's a natural leader you know he's a guy that you know is gonna latch on to you like a big brother's supposed to and just be one of those guys that you can lean on whenever you need help with anything. Uh, Darius, you, you got the, you surprised your mom with a new car when uh, you, know, you first uh, got to the league. Talk about what that was like. I mean, uh, you know, how 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 surprising was it? I mean, how much did, was that great for you? I mean, uh, it, it was it was all a plan all along. You know, um, she deserved it. You know, she, um, she got me to where I am today. You know, um, growing up, you know, a single mother raising two boys. You know, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, so I feel like, you know, that, that was something she deserved, you know, uh, when I got drafted. And uh, I did, it was just something I had to do. And so since you've joined the Redskins, you've been doing a lot of work with the D.C. community. How cool has it been to hang out with all of those Redskins fans uh, heading into the preseason and, and, and now? Because I know you're really getting involved with a lot of good things there in the community. It's been really cool, you know. Um, that's that's one of the things that I'm passionate about, you know. Um, not just being a, a local star in the community. I wanna I wanna actually be active, you know. I wanna be around. You know, I don't wanna be one of those guys that, you know, that's a star and you know that's that's 
under the shot under the shadows all day. You know, that's that's not really involved and not really around. You know, I, I like to be involved. You know, I like doing stuff with the fans. I like having fun. I like being in the community. That's just who I am. So you know that that's that type of stuff means a lot to me. You know, um, because that's who I am. Uh, Darius, I know you are a, a gamer. What what uh, what are you playing right now? Right now, like, I mean, not at this moment, but you know, like, what, what, <laughs> what like, you know, what, what uh, is there something? Are you a Fortnite guy? I mean, what, what games are you into right now? Well, I mean, Fortnite been kind of going downhill. You know, Fortnite's been really making me angry. So <laughs> I've been on, on Spider Man lately because it just came out. Uh, I'm waiting on Call of Duty to drop next month. So, last question here, my man. Do you have any goals for yourself heading into 2019? And I'm talking about statistical goals. I know we want to get you back. We want to get you healthy. Uh, we saw a little bit of what you could do in the preseason, and a lot of people got excited about it. Do you set statistical goals for yourself? And if you do, what are you looking to produce in 2019? <clears throat> well, first of all, I don't, I don't even do that, to mm-hmm. be honest. And, uh, I'm just focused on my rehab right now. I'm not really looking forward to next season right now. I'm looking forward to, you know, finishing my rehab and the doctors clearing to play in 2019. Hey, well, Darius, we appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck in your continued rehab, and we look forward to seeing you back out on the field next year. Yeah, man, can't wait. Uh, no doubt. Appreciate you, baby. Appreciate you for having me on. Nice right. to see you as always. Thanks, Darius. Thanks, Darius, guys, for his time. Looking forward to see him back on the field next season. Football season is underway, and I'm sure a lot of us already have major regrets about our season-long fantasy teams. I mean, it's like you spend all off-season researching, getting excited for the season, and then comes the pain. Look, that's why you should be excited to be playing on FanDuel all season long. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week. Every week is a new season, so regardless of the outcome, you get to do it all over again. FanDuel has never been more fun or easy It's the place to play if you're not a fantasy expert. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before, like their Gridiron Pick'em contest every week. It's a free contest, and all you need to do is pick winners, no spreads, and $10,000 is split amongst the top pickers. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel, so come on and play at FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. That's FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. All right, it is week four. We are almost a quarter of the way uh, through the NFL. Time flies, season. dude. You know what? All right. So I'm big into Halloween and I'm big into the holidays and stuff. Right. So I always decorate my place like the first of October, and it's this Monday. Like already. Wow. I'm gonna have Halloween stuff up on October. Uh, it's unreal how time flies these days. I am. Uh, by the way, unreal. I saw, I saw an ad about like Christmas stuff already. Right. Yeah. And look, it's I, in Costco already. It's look. I, I, I believe in celebrating holidays in order, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, from exactly. Labor Day to Halloween. To the, like, why do we skip Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is great. I know. But we still skip Thanksgiving. <sighs> I'm right there with you, man. Whatever. I'm right there with you. <laughs> anyway. But we digress. Week four. Uh, first thing to note, two teams on a bye this week, Carolina and Washington on a bye. So that means, you know, no Cam Newton, no Christian McCaffrey, uh, no Alex Smith. Or what Andrew am I going to do without Josh Doxson? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so all those guys are gone this week. So you're going to have to make some adjustments potentially on your roster, depending on, on who you may have. So uh, we'll talk about some of these guys and possibly more. Start Jets at Jaguars. Uh, you know, the Jets had that great first week. They went out and rocked the Lions. And we're like, wow, maybe this is a new Jets team. The next couple weeks have been kind of Jets. Yeah, right. Jets. It's a Jets. So the Jets go down to Jacksonville and they will take on the Jaguars. And 
Quincy Nuno has been pretty good this year, uh, mm-hmm. getting a ton of targets. He's been a great PPR option. But can you trust him against that Jaguar secondary this week? Uh, not in a standard scoring league. I, I would say in a PPR league, I still think he's on the board potentially there as a flex because, well, he's still going to see opportunities. The one guy I'm not starting from that game uh, for the Jets side of the football is clearly uh, Robbie Anderson, who has disappeared. You know, I was in, what, 10 drafts, and I got Robbie Anderson maybe in like two of them, and I was kind of excited to get him because I didn't get him until probably the ninth or 10th round. I'm thinking this could be a value. Right. Sam Donald doesn't throw the ball downfield, man. He dinks and dunks to Quincy Inunua, so uh, I, I don't feel good about that. In fact, at this point, I mean, Robbie Anderson's almost uh, a waiver wire fodder. Yeah, you know, that's kind of surprising because, you know, he was a guy, Darnold, uh, in college who did chuck the ball downfield. And so maybe it's just kind of a, a feeling out process. He's trying yeah. to get comfortable. But right now, until he, uh, he starts to do that, yeah. it's hard to play to yeah. Robbie Anderson. And I'm not digging Crowell. I don't like game script potential here because right. I would think the Jaguars would be ahead of this game. And in the second half, the Jets are behind. It's going to be Bilal Powell. And people may want to start Crowell because he had the two touchdown game last week against Cleveland. Forget about that. You're chasing the fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd worry about the Jets at this one. Um, on the flip side, Keelan Cole had a big game a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like we've sort of been chasing it mm-hmm. a little bit. It didn't happen last week. I know people are still on him this week. Of the Jaguars receivers, he seems to be the best option, but I feel like that's still kind of a low bar. I mean, is Keelan yeah. Cole actually a thing, right? See, I'm not playing him this week, and here's why. Uh, the Jets' defense is good, right. okay? They have a lot of 35.6 passer rating to quarterbacks who are targeting receivers who are split out wide. And Keelan Cole runs 70% of his routes split out wide. So if I had to make a bold prediction about this game, having to do with the Jaguars wide receivers, I think D.D. Westbrook could Ooh. be a deep sleeper because Buster Screen's banged up. Mm-hmm. The Jets have not been good against slot receivers, and that's where Westbrook makes his hay. So don't be surprised if D.D. Westbrook ends up being a sneaky play maybe in DFS this week. Interesting. Yeah, and that was the one thing coming into the season that like I, I kept saying that all the Jaguars beat reporters kept saying that you know, there's a Jags receiver ready to break out this year. They just couldn't seem to, you know, agree on which Thanks one for it was. On that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's one to watch out. Dolphins at Patriots. First things first with the Dolphins. I mean, they've come out. They're three and zero. You know, they are. I, I don't know if I can say they're they're a favorite to take down the Patriots because it's like <laughs> you know, like I don't know if I can buy that. But Ryan Tannehill has not been bad the first few weeks. It was pretty good last week. Um, is is he for real? Or let's let's say it this way. I was going to say for you, real. I don't you, know. Would you stream Ryan Tannehill this week? How about we start there? No, because I really think there's just there's so many good quarterbacks. Even with two on a bye this week, there's just so many good quarterbacks. Like I'd rather play Andy Dalton this week. Mm-hmm. I, there's there's just I'd rather play Case Keenum to be quite honest with you because he's playing the Chiefs and you know their defense is terrible. So I'm not a, I'm not a buyer right now in Ryan Tannehill. I don't have any shares in him. Okay, maybe if this week bodes well for him and he puts up a good line. But typically, typically, uh, as I mentioned, the Dolphins go into New England and they stink up the joint. Right. So who knows? I mean, that, that's the past. I like to look at the trends. <laughs> but what I'm telling you here is that I need to see a little bit more from Ryan Tannehill uh, than three games to sort of make him a must stream player. I'm just I'm just not I'm not there yet, Marcus. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you on that, especially because you look at the guys he's throwing to. Right. And look, I. I love Albert Wilson. I am I am part of the Bird Alert crew. You know, whenever he does something, um, you know, I, I like Kenny Stills. 
I still am meh about Devontae Parker, but it, whatever. Well, like, we all are. There's nobody there that you look at and you're like, man, this is a this is a go-to target. This is a guy who's a game breaker who helps in the passing game. They just don't have that. And I think until they yeah. come up with one of those things, I think Ryan Tannehill is always kind of a mid-level just guy. Yeah, he's had uh, two or fewer touchdown passes in five career games in New England, which is not good. Not good. Uh, on the the quarterback on the other side, mm-hmm. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Mm-hmm. Not worried. Um, you're not, not worried. So you're not. Okay, that was my question. Are you worried? You're not worried, huh? You know what? It's like, you know, doing the podcast and the show. Like, I'm reading your mind. You're reading my mind. You're giving projections. The same thing I'm putting up there. Same thing you're putting up there on the board. It's 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 getting a little weird. It's getting a little, getting a little weird right weird. now. It's like we got some Jedi kinda, thing going on here. Creepy. I had to bring in the Star Wars thing because, you know, I'm a Star Wars dork. But I, I'm not buying that Tom Brady is an old man at 41. He can't get it done anymore. Look at his career numbers at home against Miami. They're spectacular. They're awesome. And soon he's going to get Julian Edelman back, right? Four-game suspension, Warren, week four. At some point, maybe this week, maybe not very soon, regardless, he's going to get Josh Gordon in that offensive mix. If you got somebody in your league who's tired of Tom Brady, I'd buy low on him right now after he stunk up the joint at Ford Field last week. I have just been so concerned. I don't have Tom Brady anywhere. I don't either. I have very few Patriots anywhere. I just, you know... I know that if we keep if we keep saying the Patriots will fall apart, like eventually we're going to be right. But this year just feels like the year where it just it it somehow just doesn't come together. I think you're just trying to like you're trying to make it happen am, by maybe putting trying, it out there. Maybe I'm trying to speak it into existence. That's course, what you're you trying know, to do. I mean, I did have my little rant about Josh Gordon getting or the Patriots getting Josh Gordon uh, what, yeah. a week or two ago. So yep. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to speak it into existence. I just I worry. And like this week, you know. I, I know that I, I look too. Like, I think his last two home games against the Dolphins, Dude, he had four touchdowns in each, each of those games. Killed him. Um, this is a different Dolphins secondary too, though. They've mm-hmm. got what seven picks so far this year. I mean, they have been they have been good. So yeah. I'm I am keeping a close eye on Tom Brady in this one just to kind of see if I can get a a sense of what this offense is going to be. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Eagles at Titans. Carson Wentz came back last week and was, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great day. The weather wasn't great. Yeah. He was still kind of working his way back. Uh, the Titans defense has been pretty good this year. Yeah. Dude. Can you trust starting Carson Wentz this uh, week? I would be fading Wentz this week. Uh, I said, I had him sort of at the back end of my QB ones in a 12 team league last week. So didn't love him. Didn't hate him this week. There's not a lot of Eagles I like. The Titans' defense is pretty good. Right. I mean, they shut down the Jaguars last week. And I get it, the Jaguars aren't this powerful offense, although they looked at the week before against the Patriots. But Wentz is a fade for me. I mean, Jay Ajayi with the back injury, you got to consider that a concern. You know, Corey Clement is a little bit banged up as well. And Alshon Jeffrey, whether or not he comes back, we'll see what happens. But if he does, I'd say he's a fade for me as well. Aguilar's a risk. I say he's probably a three. You're going to start Zach Ertz. So... You would think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I would think so. Like, I don't expect a whole lot of offense in this one, you know. And like I said, I haven't figured out the Eagles' offense because, you know, partially the guys have been hurt. Wentz is just getting back. We're yep. expecting to get Alshon Jeffrey back soon. I mean, you know, Jay Ajayi has been in and out of the lineup. You know, we, the, the running back situation has been kind of a mess because they haven't had any consistency there. So I, I just... I'm wondering when they get to full strength. If they get to full strength, maybe you can trust them then. But mm-hmm. I think I'm with you. Like, besides Ertz... I don't know that there's anybody that I'm really locked in on. It's hard to trust anybody just yet. I mean, the offense will get going once all the pieces come back. But right now... I mean, Kamar Aiken is their number two wide receiver. There's, the, <laughs> there's a lot of fades for me. I mean, man. Um, 
Okay, so then are there any Titans that you believe in this week? Jeez, I, we're just fading this whole I game. Mean, I may not Mar- watch it. Marcus Mariota still has like tingling in his fingers, apparently. I mean, the dude can't even make all the throws right now. He's not 100%. Uh, Corey Davis has been affected by that. Mm-hmm. He's not. I mean, Delaney Walker's on IR. Um, who else are we talking about? The backfield has become a mess. Like, remember the first week. And so you should have traded me Deion Lewis because I would have gotten burned. <laughs> Deion Lewis looked great in the first game. The last two games, I've been using Derrick Henry more, and Derrick Henry's not doing anything with the touches. So, and it's weird. Like, the Eagles are one of those teams where their defense is a lot tougher at home than it is on the road. So we'll see what happens. We saw that when they played in Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. But I still don't have enough confidence in Marcus Mariota's ailment and then in an elbow to start anybody that he's, that he's throwing passes to. And at running back, I mean, Deion Lewis, a flex. I, I would say that's it. Derrick Henry's a fade for me. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, the Lewis thing hurts because I was really big on him. And even Corey Davis, I was starting to kind of come around a I little bit. I love the talent, but just, but just, you know, and that was my thing. It's like the opportunity, the, the talent is there, but the offense itself does not lend to him being just a big producer. And like, I, I kept saying like, you know, Corey Davis's potential depends so much on Marcus Mariota finally having yeah, the breakout season. Yep. And just, yeah, look, I know it's, we're only heading to week four right now. So there's still a long way to go, mm-hmm. but I don't see the Marcus Mariota breakout season coming just yet. Yeah. He's got to get healthy. And even then uh, there's a lot of question marks, you know, losing Delaney Walker in that offense hurt. Yeah, it hurts a lot. Yeah. It changes so much mm-hmm. in that offense. Uh, Texans at Colts. You mentioned Marcus Mariota, not able to make all the throws. Now, Andrew Luck is saying that he can make all the throws. This comes after last week when the Colts put in Jacoby Brissett at the end of the game to try and throw a hail Mary. Obviously it didn't work. Um, and that certainly raised a lot of red flags for a lot of people. But Andrew yep. Luck's trying to kind of tamp that down, saying he can make all the throws. This is important. I mean, do, do you believe him or do you want to see it first? I would like to see it. I don't like to see Jacoby Brissett come in the game and, and have to throw that Hail Mary. Right. When your starting quarterback is assumedly healthy. And that that to me was a little bit of concern. But I think people are are down on Andrew Luck at this point. I, I have him as as a back of the back of the line QB one this week. Okay, because traditionally he's done pretty well at Lucas Oil Stadium. If you look at the numbers uh, earlier in the season, week one, he put up 18 plus fantasy points. He's put up 18 plus fantasy points in nine of his last 11 games. There, uh, again, he's not the elite quarterback that he was pre-surgery, but I still think he's a usable option. And if you have you know, Cam Newton, if you have uh, Alex Smith on buys and you're kind of hurting for a quarterback and you drafted luck or I've seen luck dropped in a couple of leagues and yep. I grabbed him in both of the leagues because I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I still think he can put up a good line and Marcus, what could be a high scoring game? I mean, right. Both of these offenses are going to be able to move the ball against the defenses. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of those, you know, 28, 24 games where Andrew Luck gives you 18 to 20 points. I see, I have him way down this week just because, yeah. Even if he says he can make all the throws, like he his his average depth of throw has been like five yards. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally has been a, a captain check down. Captain Andrew Luck has been captain check down <laughs> this year, and that that worries me a little bit. Um, yeah, you know the the Colts actually here's the, the funny part about it: they haven't really missed it because the Colts, at least their secondary and their defense against the pass, has been pretty good this year. So they've sort of been able to get away with it, but it just it concerns me. I wonder if Luck turns into like a Ben Roethlisberger like home road quarterback. Because he was good at home the first week, and then the last two weeks on the road, he was really average, if if not mediocre at best. So we'll see. I, I do think he can give you a, a decent stat line though this week against the Texans. Um, 
Anything with Houston, I mean, I feel like, you know, all their key guys, you're probably starting. Yeah, I mean, well, you're starting. Lamar Miller is a good play this week. Lamar Miller is, I think, a really good play this week. So, because the Colts, as far as I can tell, since they've left Baltimore, have never been good against the run, ever. (laughs) It's like every single year that I do this, it's like, yeah, Colts defense, yeah, they're not good against the run. And uh, they've given up an average of 166 scrimmage yards and almost 30 PPR points per game to running back. So, uh, it's Miller time. All right. Um... Moving on to the Bills and Packers. Uh, LaShawn McCoy says he's going to play this week. He uh, you know, has been dealing with a rib cartilage injury. It kept him out last week mm-hmm. uh, against the Vikings. He says he's good to go, says he's going to play. Uh, do you play him if he's on the field against the Packers? Oh, man. I don't know, dude. Like, I, I faded him. I have not drafted him at all. I, I'm not targeting Same. him in any trades. I mean, like, I, I haven't really wanted him. Uh, you know, the Packers defense so far against the run. I mean, they're giving up like 22 points a game in, in PPR leagues to running back. So, you know, they're 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 not great against the run, but they're not bad either. Man, it just it's hard if if people out there drafted Sean McCoy and didn't gain backfield depth either through the draft or uh, off the waiver wire in the last couple of weeks. But I mean, there's guys that I've picked up off the waiver wire or who were on my bench that'd be playing over Sean McCoy this week. You know, like Gio Bernard and like Tevin Coleman, uh, like Chris Carson as well. I just think there's a lot of risk, and especially when you consider the nature of that injury, game script. I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm probably I'm probably backing down on McCoy this week. I mean, I feel like. He's one of those guys where it, I hate to completely sit him because, you know. Right, exactly. Because, you know, the talent and, and if it happens, like he can he can pop at any time. And so I'd hate to have that on the bench. But I, I don't know that I could play him as more than a flex. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, I think, my no, feeling I, for him is just a flex play. Agreed, agreed. So. Um, and, and there's no one else in, in, in Buffalo. Like last Although. Week kind of, last week was kind of a fluke with him, right? I mean, I, Kirk I, Cousins was bad, and that helped a lot. Uh, uh, memory, if memory serves me, Josh Allen rushed for two touchdowns, didn't throw for 200 yards, didn't really need to throw for a lot of yards. Didn't have smoking him, right? But which is still like anybody who who thinks that anything that's written on the internet about fantasy football is obvious, you're an idiot because. Who saw the Vikings whooping the Bills, uh, getting whooped by the Bills last week? Uh, not anybody. Nobody. Not a lot of people in Survivor Leagues. No doubt. So <laughs> I want to see more of Josh Allen. I, I, admittedly, I like to watch him. He's got a freaking hand cannon. I mean, that guy could throw the ball a mile. Problem is, he doesn't have a lot of weapons in the offense. So um, I'm interested to see what he can do this week. But the play for me that's not obvious for Green Bay is that defense. Oh yeah, I think, I think rookie stream, quarterback. I think stream the Packers. I think defense. the Packers defense is, is certainly a streamable option this week. Um, by the way, pro tip, Josh Allen. Uh, I know it, it looks cool on film. I would I would stop trying to hurdle linebackers. <laughs> I know, right? Just Don't do that. Just as a general rule, I would stop trying to hurdle linebackers because yep. you know it worked out this time. It may not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Packers. Last week, you know, Aaron Jones comes back. We expected he was going to work into the mix. What I didn't see coming was Ty Montgomery getting all the snaps that he did. Yeah, had a bunch of targets, too. That that throws a wrench in every... If, if Ty yeah. Montgomery's going to start working in, like, I don't know what to do with this. Back. I mean, I like Aaron Jones so much more than Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, no, I think the, this the is Packers, what it is. The Packers look like they're going three-headed monster. Um, you know, Joe Philbin, the offensive coordinator, uh, at a Thursday press conference... He praised Aaron Jones for being an explosive running back, which he is. Not great in pass protection. Ty Montgomery's a better pass catcher. Obviously, he's a former wide receiver. So Mike McCarthy, I think he's happy using all three of these guys in some way, shape, or form week in and week out. And until someone comes out and has that big game, I don't know that we can trust any of these three. And 
this is a good matchup too, and it's like wasted on this backfield. Well, well the thing about it, even if you have a guy who comes out and has that big game. Doesn't mean he'll be the next the next week's big game running back. Right, exactly. Nope. Yep. Like I yep. mean, I don't think that's gonna. I don't think Mike McCarthy is gonna look at that and say, "Oh, well, you know what? Hey, Aaron Jones, you're the guy now." Like I think it's just gonna stay at this rotation. Uh, and again, if Ty Montgomery's in the mix, man, this this completely. But you know how we all get excited, of if course. One, if especially if it's Aaron Jones and he comes out and has a huge game against the Bills, and they'll be like, "Start Aaron Jones! Aaron Jones! Go trade for Aaron Jones!" And then the next um, week it's Jamal Williams. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, speaking of weird backfield committees, the Lions. Uh, they were in Dallas take on the Cowboys this week. Mm-hmm. After last week, is this is this carry on Johnson's job now? It should be. I, hey, the guy rushed <laughs> for 100 yards. For the first time, like... Since 2013. 2013. Thanksgiving 2013 was the last time, and I'm guessing that was Reggie Bush. Yes, it was. Um, the movie Gravity was the number one uh, great flick, movie. by the way. Yeah, it I saw was. it in IMAX. It was worth it. I did, too. It yeah. was worth it in IMAX. Yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> um, but uh, I... He looked good, and and the Cowboys just gave up a hundy to Chris Carson a week ago. So Carryon Johnson is certainly on that flex starter list, no question about that. But you know, Marcus and I are not 100% certain that he's going to continue to see the same number of touches that he did last week. But you sort of read the tea leaves, and you think, well, he looked effective. You know, Garrett so. Blunt's plodding along. Theo Riddick's not going to run the ball. He's a pass catcher, and that's his limitation. So... Johnson is well worth a look, and I think that could be a high-scoring game in Dallas. You know, the Cowboys' defense, not good last week. I think it's better than people think it is, but Lions, Cowboys, Dallas, Zeke is going to run for 150. Zeke, I'm not worried about. He's going to run for 150. There is no other Cowboy to start. Right. None. Zeke Zeke is going to Zeke, and I wouldn't worry about anybody else. And and I think Dak, you know, maybe he'll get you a touchdown in this game. He's not startable at this point. Um, He's really going to – if Dak doesn't do anything with his legs – He's not going to be useful in fantasy. He's not going to be because he's not going to go out and throw for three thirty and two touchdowns. He's just not. It's not that offense. They don't have anybody. It's not that offense, and I just don't. I they just have don't no think, one. I just don't think Zach or Dak is that guy either. No, I, I mean, know. I just you know, I think he's a he's a potentially good, serviceable, but not great. He is not. He has not thrown for one hundred and seventy five yards in a game yet this year. I know. That, that's what I'm saying. One seventy is his tops this year. So I, again, I think it could be a high scoring affair. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a lot of points for Dak Prescott. I think it's going to be a lot of points for Zeke Elliott. No question about that. But you're starting Zeke, and that's it in Dallas. Uh, there's no one else that you can trust. Tavon Austin, no, you can't trust him. Alan Hearns can't trust him. Uh, none of the tight ends. You, you can't trust any of those guys either. So. Um, this is sort of a heavy Detroit game. And all three of those wide receivers are startable. It's kind of like with the Rams, right? You're starting all your Rams wide receivers right. every single week. And you're starting all your Lions wide receivers typically every single week. Marvin Jones, who came into the game questionable last week, got into the end zone. So th- th- this is, and I get it, you know, Stafford had, had Calvin Johnson, which, you know, he was, the one <laughs> that, he, he was a generational talent. He was great. But I mean... Has he had better weapons, like, as a whole in his offense? Don't I don't know so. that he has. No, this this is probably the, the best all-around. Yeah, and with offense. Babytron coming out and breaking out, and, and Golden Tate catches seven balls a game, and then you got Marvin Jones who can take the top off the defense. He's got some weapons. He, he certainly has some weapons. Uh, quick update. Marcus Peters will be active for the Rams. What? He will play for the Rams tonight. Wow. Um, How about that? So we'll see. I mean, obviously he's dealing with that calf injury. I mean, you know, the, the reports on him changed so much from him being out for a while to maybe possibly playing on Thursday to then him being out for like a month. And now he's going to play. So uh, mm. we'll see how that. So now does that change, you know, your projection for the Vikings wide receiver? I don't or Kirk really Cousins? think so. Just because, I mean. Look, Marcus Peters is good, but but at less than 100% dealing with this calf injury, you know, I feel like 
look, I, I've never played cornerback in the National Football League, but I feel like having a healthy calf is probably important, <laughs> especially when you got to deal with, you know, Thielen or Diggs mm-hmm. or somebody like that. Yep. that uh, I don't know. Just seen. I, I, Thielen's going to put up the most points out of those wide receivers this week. I would think so. No doubt. I would think so. No doubt. Um, Bucks at Bears. Bears. Uh, the Bears. Okay, so Ryan, this is it. Ryan Fitzpatrick. This first, is it. First half, Ryan Fitzpatrick was he was Fitz tragic in the first half, yep. and then Fitz magic came back in the second half. Yep. Uh, which one of those guys will we see this week? Tragic. Oh well, it's tragic. Oh well. It, and I said this. We did a Facebook live show right before this, and, and so you know, Marcus and I are in this you know quote unquote experts league. I don't like to really use the term experts, but we just call it the fantasy live league. Yeah, we just call it it's that. A fantasy. It's fantasy live. Yeah, okay, so so it's ten people who are supposed to know what the hell they're doing when it comes to fantasy football. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a free agent in that league. <laughs> he's a free agent. Right. You know why? Not one of the 10 of us believe that he's going to put up a good line this week against the Bears. Not one of us. No. Since the beginning of last year, uh, they're giving up an average of right around 14 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks on their home field. And Fitzpatrick went back to being the guy that we knew, journeyman quarterback, throwing picks in the first half. And then the second half came, game script. He started to throw the ball a ton. Things changed. He ended up with 24, 25 fantasy points. I just don't see that happening this week. This Bears defense is nasty, and they're at home. Mm, Well, I I am fading Fitzpatrick. And then what are the chances that we see Jameis this week? Uh, If he's bad? I mean, he's got to be. I think he's got to be. That's what I'm saying. I I mean, he could. But I think he's got to be really bad, considering Jameis literally just came back. Like, he's got to be, like, He's got to be Nathan Peterman against the Chargers, you know, five first half interceptions bad. But what would be a really good storyline here probably won't happen. But, you know, Fitzpatrick is in the game, either plays badly or or has to leave with an injury. And Winston comes in and leads him to a W. Soldier start, start, starts eating W's. Again. Probably not going to happen, but imagine if it did. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. You know, I felt like with, with Fitzpatrick, I felt like last week was kind of the last week to get out of him because the yeah. defense was bad. And, and, and that's too. So. So, okay, like Eagles defense is good, but they're not as good on the road. It, it's, it's a weird trend. It just, it's true. But in week one, they played the Saints, and their defense is awful, right? We thought it was going to be mm-hmm. good. It's not good. It's not. And then last week, they played the Steelers, and their defense was terrible. So two out of the three games that Fitzpatrick has played, he's really had a very good matchup. So now he's got the hardest matchup he'll have all season long. And, and I'm, I'm fading most of my bucks, except for Mike Evans, because you can't, you can't really not play him. Yeah, OJ Howard, I think you would play too, because you know, you've, you've got, uh, you just have so few playable options at tight end that Howard is sort of a back of the back of the line tight end one this week. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's it, man. That's it. Like I'm not playing anybody else. So I got a question for you. Okay. Bears defense. I'm playing them. Garbage. Garbage, right? Uh, 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 Bucks defense. Bucks defense. Sorry. I'm not playing them. Bucks defense. No, I'm not playing them. Sorry. It's been a long day, guys. I have not stopped (laughs) since 6 o'clock in the morning. Bucks defense. Garbage. Mitchell Trubisky. Give me a point projection for him. Ooh. So I I think just because it's Trubisky, I can't give him a high point projection. I mean, I'm I'm looking at like 18. Yeah, see, I don't trust him. I am like eighteen. I feel like that's a ceiling, and this that's game. like that's a huge game for Trubisky. Yeah, like yeah. eighteen. This is going to be a Joho game. Uh, I can believe that. And a Burton game. I can believe that. And here's the: it's a, if especially PPR wise, like Allen Robinson, because he's yeah, dude, he's just gobbling up targets. Yeah, and offense. keep this in mind too. Um, you know, Anthony Miller's hurt. Typically, he's the guy that's running out of the slot for the Bears. Robinson could end up seeing more work out of the side. He sees some of it, not that much. But if they put a Rob in the slot, they move him around a little bit. Boy. Tampa Bay's cornerbacks are bad, man. Their nickel corners are bad. So A-Rob could have a nice game, like, you know, 15 PPR points. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, Bengals-Falcons. 
Uh, the Falcons' defense has so many injuries. I mean, they, they, yeah, they, they kind of struggled to begin with. Now they're hurt all over the place. Uh, I mean, are there any Bengals you wouldn't start? The- I know, right? That's so. And this offense was bad last year, but you know their offensive line w- w- was a question mark. AJ Green, we're expecting him to play. He's a guy you're starting every week. Tyler Boyd's a flex option. I think Tyler Eifert's a, a back of the line tight end one this week. We've talked about it on the show. Andy Dalton's a streamable option because it could be a high scoring game there. So yeah, I mean, I like the Bengals and and Atlanta side. Assuming Devonta Freeman's out, Tevin Coleman is is a you know must start. Right. Um, Julio. We'll see if he can get into the end zone because Calvin really has been stealing all the Calvin touchdowns Ridley in Atlanta. And, you know, well, I think Austin Hooper has a touchdown. And Muhammad Sanu has a touchdown. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm going to have to go back. I, you know, I, had, I didn't do it in advance, but I'm going to go back and I want to count all the Falcons who have scored a touchdown since the last time Julio Jones scored a touchdown. It, I mean, because he had three last year. Right. Right. He had three last I mean, year. Calvin so, Ridley had three in our game. Yeah. Our game. <laughs> in our exactly. game. Did he have them all before like the fourth quarter too? I don't I remember. Think so. But I mean, it's insane. Like, I don't know what Steve Sarkeesian has against using Julio Jones as a red zone option or getting him the football where he can make a play and, and take it to the house. But it just hasn't. It hasn't happened. And now you have Ridley emerging. And Matt Ryan's a quarterback where, you know, he's going to go to Julio Jones. But. He's not going to force it to Julio Jones. And if Calvin Ridley's getting open or if Mohamed Sanu is getting open, he's going to throw it to him. And Calvin Ridley was getting open last week. Yeah. And he did it the week before, too. He only had one touchdown, only one touchdown. But that that Ridley impact is not something that I saw. I, I clearly didn't think after three weeks that we'd be talking about Calvin Ridley having more fantasy points than Julio Jones. But that has come to fruition. And... Um, you're starting Julio Jones. We're not telling you not to start Julio Jones. It should be a high-scoring game. Marcus, I believe, predicts that Julio will get into the end zone that's this my, week. That's my bold prediction. So that's good. But there's a lot of players in this game for fantasy owners to pick from. That, that's a, This is where we are, though. That's a bold prediction. That I know. It's a bold prediction. And Matt Ryan. Goodness. Yeah, do you believe, I, I'm starting to believe in Matt Ryan again. I mean, so week one. It'll probably hurt me, but I'm going to start to believe again. Eagles defense held him to nothing. And I said, Boy, I, I don't trust Matt Ryan, especially on the road. I just don't. And then he's gone nuts. What, 70 fantasy points in his last couple of games? Yep. Eight touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. What's with, what's with dudes who can't run at the quarterback position rushing for two touchdowns a game? Like, Breeze did it last week, right? And and, and Ryan has done it. So, I don't know, whatever, man. But Ryan's a, a certain start this week, no doubt. Uh, Seahawks at Cardinals. Remember once upon a time, like, this was like a premier game. Like, this was appointment television once upon a time. You're like, oh, Seahawks, Cardinals. Like, I got to I gotta sit down and watch this. Not anymore. Not anymore, yeah. Um, all right, so we talked about some running back situations. Uh, is this Chris Carson's job now? It seems like it. He led the the, the entire league in, in touches, right? Last week, right. He had, what, 34? 34, 32 rushes they and a finally couple, gave t- couple of catches. Rush for over 100 yards against my beloved Dallas Cowboys. So that's what we're looking at. They barely used Rashad Penny in that game. So if they're going to utilize Chris Carson as the lead back, and it was the most touches a running back had had since Marshawn Lynch, I believe in like 2011, if I, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. but that's going to help the offense. If Doug Baldwin can come back, that's going to help the offense. That's why I said earlier in the week on NFL fantasy life, don't give up on Russell Wilson yet because he's getting his weapons back. He'll get Baldwin back. If he has a running game behind him, look out, things are going to get much better for him. So in the matchup here against the Cardinals who are not good against the run, Carson is a flex for me. Uh, Tyler Lockett has really been tremendous. I mean, without Doug Baldwin in there, he's given you 14, 15 PPR points as a floor every single week. And if you look at the numbers, the Cardinals have not been good against slot receivers this season. I believe Lockett's run 62 routes out of the slot after three weeks. So he should eat in this contest as well. And um, Russell Wilson is a 
is, is a play for me, no doubt about that. And I think slowly you're going to start seeing Russell Wilson starting to move up at the quarterback position. Right now, it doesn't look good, but that was then. This is now. And once he gets Baldwin back in that mix, I think you're going to start seeing the elite Russell Wilson. That's how, and that's when I have to remind myself that the football season is long. Yes. Because I think there are times we all get caught up in this week to week thing. And so, like, I came into the season knowing. The Seahawks had issues on offense and yep. knowing that, you know, it was going to be tough at times for Russell Wilson. And like the first week or so, I was like, OK, yeah, he, he looks fine. He's going to be OK. And then he had one terrible week. And now I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? Like, and I had to remind myself that, like, yeah, one, he looked bad. The week he looked really bad mm-hmm. was against the Bears. Yep. And at this point, I think it's fair to say the Bears are going to make a lot of people look bad. Fantasy football is so week to week. It always has so been. Weak. It, oh, it really is. I mean, you can go from the heights of putting up a massive stat line and being the hero for countless and fantasy owners everywhere. And then you put up a stink bomb the next week and then we're not sure whether or not we should like, start oh, you. Oh no, what do I do now? And that, and, but that's all part of the fun of fantasy football as well. Um, Josh Rosen, he is your new starting quarterback. for the I'm happy Arizona about Cardinals. that. Go Josh. All right, yeah. So, I mean, okay, so obviously it's great for him. Is it great for anybody else in that offense? <laughs> compared to what they were doing with Sam Bradford. Well, Sam Bradford is nothing. I mean, it is four yards per pass attempt. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. Larry Fitzgerald's still banged up. He's got the hamstring. He'll likely play because he's a warrior. Uh, I do have my concern about Fitzgerald this week. I say he's more of a three than he is a two or even a one in a PPR league. And I think Christian Kirk is someone that you have to watch out for. Last week, he was targeted a bunch, uh, led the team in catches. So, Maybe there's that rookie-to-rookie connection where Christian Kirk is someone we're talking about is picking up off the waiver wire heading into week five. Uh, my biggest concern there still is and will continue to be David Johnson until they get him the damn football. And I was really surprised that in a game that the Cardinals were leading and they were never getting blown out, it was always close, game script was perfect for David Johnson, he didn't get as many touches as I would have liked to have seen, Marcus. So go with me on this. I am, okay. I am I have created a narrative in my head okay. where Josh Rosen starting is a good thing for David Johnson. Okay. Because one, Josh Rosen sort of has that bleep it, I'm going deep mentality. I yep. mean, like he's gotten he's been compared in a lot of ways to Jake Cutler, um, who definitely was the I'm gonna just grip it and rip it sort of guy. So Josh Rosen, I think, has that attitude. Like we saw with Baker Mayfield when he came in. Just this, you know, screw it, I'm going to stand in here and I'm going to sling the ball down the field. Where David Johnson was most dangerous was as that downfield receiver. Because you split him out wide, he starts running these downfield routes. Now as a defense, you've got to look for where number 31 is lining up. you got to figure this out. I think Josh Rosen's going to be that guy that says, you know what? This is my best weapon. Yep. This is my guy who's going to make plays for me. I'm going to try to figure out how to get the ball to him in space. And so I just have this feeling that, that Josh Rosen coming in. I mean, we saw how much Baker Mayfield changed things for the Browns, yep. how much Jarvis Landry and, and Callaway and Njoku and, and all those guys became viable weapons. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've talked myself into believing that Josh Rosen could do the same thing for David Johnson. I hope so. As someone who has stock in David Johnson this season, I I do hope so. And I wanted to get Rosen on the field and Bradford off of it. I got my wish after I was yelling and screaming a couple of (laughs) weeks ago. So now we shall see. But I think people forget, like two years ago when DJ had his breakout season, he had... I want it was ballpark like 640 routes run something, something like, like that, that right. and he was like 130 more than the next running back in that category. They got to utilize him to his strengths. You can't just run the guy up the gut ten times. You've got to be able to be creative with him because David Johnson could do so many things with the football, and hopefully 
Hopefully you're right from your lips to God's ears, right? Because a lot of us out there uh, have David Johnson and have been very disappointed so far. So hopefully Josh Rosen can sort of light that spark and get that Cardinals offense moving because they do have some relatively valuable fantasy players uh, on that team. Yeah, no, I mean, my my mentions have been filled with David Johnson panic for a couple of weeks now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Browns at Raiders. Like, we're all in on the Browns now, right? I, it, at least some of their, their yeah their big offensive pieces at least they, well and a defense they legit could they could be three and zero right they legit if, if Zane Gonzalez could make a, a kick they they would they would have beat the same <laughs> you know I mean like in the Steelers game okay whatever but like Mayfield and, and correct me if I'm wrong but I believe that was the highest rated NFL Network game it may have been I believe so and it wasn't because Sam Donald was the quarterback okay when Baker Mayfield got into that game everyone on social media went nuts and everyone tuned into that game and Baker Mayfield did not disappoint right he was like the headlining act mm-hmm. oh man we're, we're, we're gonna get the headliner tonight and everyone watched it and he looked good he led them to, to what was it uh, I, I don't remember exactly the, the, the number of points maybe it was like 21, 21 like points yeah. uh, in a very short number of series compared to what Tyra Taylor had done uh, previously and I, I love watching him throw the football and he's a gunslinger and he takes chances and he's accurate that pass that he made to Jarvis Landry where Jarvis caught that it over the ridiculous. defender that was just awesome and Mayfield is a guy who can run with the football too you look at his numbers at Oklahoma I mean he ran with the football and that's big for a rookie quarterback in terms of making an impact for fantasy owners so yeah dude I'm excited I mean he's not in my top 10 quarterbacks it's a wicked deep position but he is a certain streamable option if you need a quarterback, if you're in a two QB league, if you're in a super flex league. Raiders are giving up like 19 a game to quarterbacks so far this season. So, uh, man, and listen, I'm a Cowboys fan. I haven't really paid too much attention to Cleveland Browns. The only reason I really talk about them is because, well, I talk about fantasy it's football fantasy for a living, football, and right. the Miz is always talking about them. So I got to talk about them too there. But like, I, I don't think I've been more excited to watch a Browns Raiders game. Like, I'm so excited to see what Baker Mayfield can do with this Which, offense. by the way, and we talked about this before, but, like, you know, I know people out there don't necessarily love fantasy football, and I know that, you know, sometimes shadowy league figures sort of try to downplay the value of fantasy football, but mm-hmm. no one else is going to care about Browns and Raiders, really, outside of the Cleveland and Oakland areas, except for fantasy football. Dude, you know like, let's just you know how big fantasy football is, the ratings of the National Football League, and the importance of the development, and the, and, and the moving forward of the National Football League, and the way people watch football can you imagine like marcus eddie can you guys imagine watching an nfl game right now without having some sort of fantasy hook into this no man i mean outside of like watching your team that you have right. like, some be torture dude <laughs> i need to have some stake in the claim dude that's why it will never it will never go away and sure. it's going to continue to grow uh, and and greg ambrosius one of my good friends who's who's in the fswa hall of fame uh, we talked a little bit earlier this week. I mean, you're talking about 42 to 45 million people who are playing fantasy football. And then the next sport down is like baseball somewhere in the mid-20s. It's so huge. And anybody who doesn't get that fantasy football is so good for the NFL, whether you're a player, whether you're a writer, whether you're an analyst, whether you're just, you know, some dude flipping burgers at McDonald's. Come on, you've got to be crazy. It's so good for the league. It, fantasy is great for whatever sport we're talking about. I, and so I agree with you 100%. Sorry, I just went on this. No, nope, no, nope, nope. But I'm passionate. I've been doing this for like 20 years. And when I hear people talk about how they don't like fantasy football, you got a, you got a beep button because I was just about to swear. <laughs> Go you yourself, okay? That's all I'm saying because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Marcus, sorry about that. Go ahead. So, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I like him. All right, sweet. Uh, <laughs> I like him this week. I got him in the. I think I got him in my top twenty running backs, even in PPR leagues against the Browns. 
who who can be had against the run. He has been easily the most consistent thing in the Raiders' offense. I mean, like some guys have like you know have popped in a certain week. Uh, last week was the Jordy Nelson game. You know, two weeks ago was Amari Cooper. We are are you done? Cooper. Are you done with Cooper? Like. I, is Jordy I, Nelson a thing for you? Are you done with Cooper? Like, what do I, you think? I never started with Cooper, and I'm not getting on board with Jordy Nelson. Like, I, I said from the beginning, I was fading all Raiders. I was avoiding all Raiders in drafts. I just didn't want any part of it. There were too many unknowns. Um, it just There was too much inconsistency, potentially, with this group. The crazy part is, looking at Derek Carr, mm-hmm. his yardage numbers have been pretty good. Right. Uh, his touchdown numbers have left something to be desired. I mean, yep. His overall fantasy numbers aren't great. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, week one, 300, 303 yards. No touchdown, three picks. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Week two, 288 yards. Not bad. One touchdown, no interceptions. Meh. Week three, 345 yards. That's good. One yep. touchdown, two picks. Not good. I mean, so, like, it's almost there, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jared Cook. So, and and we can talk, we can laugh about this next week, but he's my sit of the week at tight end, okay? He's the second most productive tight end in PPR leagues right now. And 60% of all of his production came in that one game. The last two weeks, he's done nothing. The Browns have been tough on tight ends this season so far. So we shall see. But, you know, Jared Cook, he, he is like Lucy in the Peanuts. And if you're too young to know what the Peanuts are, Charlie Brown, go yeah. look him up. Charlie go, Brown. Go look up Charlie okay? Brown. Okay? Yeah. It's great stuff. But she likes to hold the football for Charlie Brown. And the second he gets close to kicking that sucker, she pulls it up. And that's what happens with Jared Cook. When you get excited about Jared Cook, he pulls the football up on you. So I, I don't like him this week. I still, which this is going to tell you how bad the tight end position is. Like, I don't like him this year, but he's still in my top 10. Because like, that's how bad the tight end is. At least he's getting targeted in the game. Right. But, um, I mean, Cook and Marshawn are probably the only two plays in this game that I like. Uh, Cooper just scares me. I don't know what's happening with him one week to the next. Derek Carr can't play him as well. Jordy Nelson, huge game last week. Might be the best game he has all year. Uh, fun fact, uh, my dad has met the guy who was the inspiration for Pigpen. Really? Really. <laughs> I was like... Was he, was he dirty? Actually, yes. He was. So, okay, real quick story about Like it. when he walked around, was there like a cloud of dust coming off of his head? So my father uh, played adult men's league baseball for a good number of years, right? Even like at the point, I think I was in college, maybe not out of college, and he was still playing kind of adult men's league baseball. And uh, Charles Schultz uh, lived for a long time in Santa Rosa, California, up in the wine country, up in Northern California. And, you know, a lot of the Peanuts characters that you know were based on kids that were friends with Charles Schultz's kids. And there was always one one kid in the neighborhood uh, who was always kind of dirty and dusty. Um, And he grew up and he played adult men's league baseball and actually ended up on a team with my father. Uh, was a catcher, as my dad told me, like his uniform was always dirty. Oh my! God. Even what? as an adult, his <laughs> uniform was always. But wait, was dirty. the was the was the jersey dirty before he started playing, or did I, he I get think, it dirty think, during yeah, the I game? I think he got it dirty like during the course of the game. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, like you know, and I know part of it's being a catcher, but yeah, he would always have a dusty, dirty jersey at the end of the day. So uh, I love stories like that. <laughs> I mean, can, uh, real quick, right? So I'm gonna go off the rails here, and I promise we'll get back to fantasy football. Last week. I met W. Earl Brown, okay, who's an actor. Uh, he, he's been in a whole bunch of horror movies. Uh, he was in Deadwood. And he's really good friends with Wes Craven. Okay, hey, we're almost at Halloween, right? So right. that makes sense. So he was telling me that Wes was telling him about how he came up with Freddy Krueger, right? So when he was a kid, I guess his mom or his parents are very religious, and so they sort of made him uh, pedal Bibles and religious paraphernalia. So he got picked on a lot as a kid. And the kid that picked on him the most, his name was Freddy Krueger. Okay, and 
where he lived, and I believe he said Chicago, and it was like over a, a butcher shop or something like that, he would look out his window at the corner, and there was always a guy standing on the corner. It wasn't like a boiler room or anything? He was wearing <laughs> a red and green sweater with a fedora, and Wes Craven always was afraid that this man was going to come up into his apartment and murder him. And that's where Freddy Krueger came from. Wow. Okay, I'm done. Sleep with one. I, just like you inspired me to tell people that because I love horror movies, and I just thought that was, that was cool, man. That was yeah. just so cool. Uh, let's get back to football. Well, I don't know how I, how I pivot to Saints and Giants from there, but uh, Saints and Giants, uh, I think the, the defenses might get slayed in this one. <laughs> I like that one. like That's that? Good. Yeah, th- this is a scary good matchup for both offenses. Like all let's of put the it that offense way. in this game. I even like Eli Manning. In his last two oh, games against the Saints, 350-plus uh, passing yards in both games. One of those games, I think, was the one where, like, Breeze had six. Had, like, and it, it was ridiculous, right? So, you know, OBJ, um, I want to see what happens in terms of that matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. I think Sterling Shepard, who has had five-plus catches in two of his last three games, he could be a play this week. Rhett Ellison. Rhett Ellison, okay? And, and heck, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. I'll say I'm wrong. But I think he's a streamable option this week. Evan Ingram's week to week. He's banged up. Saints could be a lot of points in this game. I think he could do worse than start Rhett Ellison this week. I mean, look, I feel like any any tight end that has the possibility of targets is yeah, worth dude. a shot. At least worth a shot. Um, but yeah, I'm all in on your Saints, you know, which pretty much basically means Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. Malvin Kamara. Although I do like, you know, Benjamin Watson, who I think is a guy in a high volume offense, can get some looks, especially in the red zone. Um, and then all the Giants, uh, Sterling Shepard's a sleeper. You know, Saquon's going to get his opportunities. Uh, so yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to this offense when Mark Ingram comes back, because mm-hmm. we've got this is his fourth game. So so he's so after this to come back. And I mean, you know, they're not using they're not using Alvin uh, Alvin Kamara as a running back at this point. The guy's what, no. twenty targets last week, so that that'll be interesting to see uh, what what sort of in- impact Ingram's presence makes on that offense. Yeah, gonna be gonna be really really interesting. Uh, Niners at Chargers. C.J. Beathard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that stinks, man. Jimmy G was on his way to having a big game. He had a big game. I mean, he had over 20 fantasy points against the Chiefs. And Boy, I just feel terrible for him. I feel terrible for, for that organization. Um, really a team on the rise, not only in real football, but in fantasy football. What was the team that we talked about the most, like in the preseason, outside of like the obvious, you know, the Steelers? Yeah, it's the Niners. Niners, right? We were all in on Goodwin. We loved him. You know, we all thought McKinnon was going to be a thing. He blows out his knee. And, and now Garoppolo blows out his knee. And now you're looking at C.J. Beathard, and Goodwin's value is really deflated. If you look at the, the numbers in the games he played with Beathard last year, I mean, he was averaging like two or three catches a game, and that was it. It was not very good. Uh, George Kittle as well. You can't be as excited about him. I mean, Beathard's got to throw the ball to somebody. Throw it to somebody. I, still, I still think Kittle has a fairly stable floor just because, sure. you know, he will run some of those, those shorter routes, and if they want to get the ball out quickly, then Kittle potentially is the guy. But it's not... It's not what it was, and I think I, it's yeah. I think it's all about the running game now. It's a lot, a lot right? about the running game. Right? I, I, I think Alfred Morris has some sleeper potential this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think we have to at least say goodbye, or at least severely downgrade Marquise Goodwin now. Yeah, I, yep. I just, even against the Chargers, I just don't I don't see them you know going downfield enough to to make him a viable. It's just. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> this sucks. Keep uh, keep tabs on Keenan Allen, guys, too, because he missed practice on Thursday. So make sure uh, that he gets into practice on Friday, at least on a limited basis. Because if he doesn't, well, then uh, Mike w- Mike Williams could end up being a really good start and a sleeper. This from uh, Mike Florio, uh, our, our researcher here, one of our researchers here. He likes Antonio Gates because the Niners have not been good against Bad tight ends. Against tight ends. If you and you have to get a touchdown from him, but maybe you will. 
I'd say Rivers can go for 303 touchdowns in this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Sunday night, Ravens at Steelers. Mm-hmm. It is a obviously a huge rivalry game. I'll say this. Uh, in the past when these teams play, like it's, it's hard-hitting. It's physical. It's not always pretty. Yeah. But this week, I see there being some points. Yeah, man. Me too. Yeah. How many times have I said it? I know, right? Ben Roethlisberger's at home. <laughs> I mean, like, but it always happens. And by the way, I did not have him as a start or a sit last week because I didn't want to touch that game because he was on the road, but he was playing the Bucks. I'm like, eh, I'm not talking about him. Uh, and he ended up having a good game because it was the Bucks. So, but you look at the numbers, he scored 19 plus fantasy points in each of his last three home games against Baltimore, including a game where he had six touchdowns in 2014. Uh, Baltimore gave up 26 points to Andy Dalton on the road back in week two. So you're starting him, uh, Antonio Brown, duh, Juju, duh. <laughs> but here's my question, and Connor, duh. So we talk about a lot of confusing backfields in the league, right? All the time. You know, who the hell do you start from the Colts or the Packers? Baltimore, whatever. man. No, 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 no. Steelers tight ends. Like, oh, one yeah. week it's Jesse James, last week it's Vance McDonald, and the matchup is good, and I don't know who the hell play. I still think I still think it's Vance McDonald, because okay. he's the guy that I was on at the start of the season, but because he was hurt, he wasn't there, and Jesse James slid in. But I think of the two, I think he is more their top-line pass. Like, Vance McDonald had some moments when he was in San Francisco yeah, where man. he sort of flashed a little yep. bit. So I still think he is the primary guy. That's the guy that I would target the most. I mean, I know it has been confusing, but I think a lot of that was because McDonald was still sort of working his way back from injury. But now that he looks like he's a little bit healthier, uh, I think he's going to be the guy. But you did say confusing. And, like, the, the Ravens' backfield, I don't understand what you guys are doing Um Alex Collins, <laughs> Alex Collins has played well, right? I know he had he had a couple fumbles in week one, but he has played well. He runs hard. He actually is a decent pass catcher out of the backfield. Yet they keep putting Buck Allen in there, right? And the thing that frustrates me the most about Buck Allen is that he will not, for the life of him, break a tackle. He just cannot do it. <laughs> I don't know. Like I watch him catch the ball or get a handoff and run, and the first bit of resistance he, he meets, he gets stood up and or pushed back. And I can't, for the life of me, understand why – and like – I know earlier in the week, John Harbaugh came out and praised him and said, you know, he's the kind of guy we want and he's doing all these great things and, and we think he's a top notch back. And I'm like, what? Like, how? I, I just don't get it. And, and he keeps kind of just coming in and, and gobbling up opportunities, getting snaps, getting touches. I don't I mean, I'm looking at this right now. Right. Alex Holland's averaging four and a half yards per touch. Buck Allen averaging three and a half yards per touch, but yet he's the one with four touchdowns and Alex Collins has only two. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand. And what does he got? Four touchdowns? Four Buck touchdowns. Allen touchdowns. So, so what's weird is that the guy who we thought was going to be the third down back, the compliment back, is stealing the touchdowns from the guy that we thought was going to be the goal line back and the early down workhorse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, Welcome to I'm just looking football. at this. Alex Collins, 34 carries, 116 yards. Buck Allen, 16 carries, 32 yards. Like, that's not good. No. Then on the other side, Alex Collins has 67 receiving yards on seven catches, which, all right, it's almost, it's almost 10 yards of reception, right? Mm-hmm. Buck Allen, 70 yards on 13 catches. Like, it yeah. just, I don't get it, man. I, I mean, and, and John Harbaugh, I know you listen to the show, John Harbaugh. So oh, like, yeah, why, I'm sure he is. Why do you do this to us? Why? Another guy I like in this game and Baltimore side is John Brown. Oh, yeah, man. Who's been really underrated and, he could be available in some leagues out there for people uh, who are in leagues with, you know, those who are not paying attention. But he's a guy that you look at and you're like, oh, he's got to be like a slot receiver kind of thing. But he's actually run 92 of 123 routes split out wide. So you look at the Steelers. They get crushed. OK, they've been they've given up five touchdowns already to wide receivers who are split out. So 
He's a good play this week. And another sleeper for you, okay? Willie Sneed. Because if you look at what the Steelers have done against slot receivers, it has not been good. And Sneed has been Baltimore's slot receiver. So don't be surprised if Willie Sneed gets in the end zone at Heinz Field, and it should be a high-scoring game. I feel like he's, I mean, he, he's been quiet, but he's been productive. And he's just been, you know, I, I can get down with that. I, yeah, I, I, I like Willie Sneed. He just, yeah, he's kind of been quiet because I think John Brown's kind of taken a lot of the shine in that offense. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I think, he has, I think he has one touchdown. He does have year. a touchdown. I think he has one touchdown. He's got a touchdown. Year. Yeah, yep. so. 12 catches on 19 targets. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not a bad play. Yep. Monday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs go to Denver to take on the Broncos in a mm-hmm. big AFC West matchup. Yep. And for Patrick Mahomes, maybe his first real big test. He goes on the road into a really hostile environment yep. to face a good uh, Broncos secondary. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that means, what, just like only three touchdown passes? Yeah, I know, right? Like five or yeah. whatever? And, you know, you say, oh, well, he's already played a game on the road. Guys, yeah, he but- played in a soccer field. Uh, with like a stadium that was half full of Chiefs fans, right? Like playing playing at the okay? playing at the StubHub Center right now is not really a road game. Yeah, like, I, I mean, dude, like it's, it's twenty seven thousand seats. The and, visiting and, team's <laughs> dominating it. Yeah, I mean, like, so this is the real first test that he's had. You know, I had him listed as my start of the week this week, and, and some people on Twitter uh, who shall re, re, you know not be named here uh, started taking some shots. And you know what, guys? Patrick Mahomes was not drafted as a QB one. People have Rodgers in Mahomes. They have Brady in Mahomes. They have Watson in Mahomes. They have a number one, and then they drafted Mahomes probably after the ninth or tenth round. And Patrick Mahomes should be started ahead of everyone, okay? He's had three great games in his entire career. (laughs) Real good. But he's better than every quarterback in the National Football League right now, including, and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick actually has more points, but Mahomes should be started over everyone over everyone until he starts to slow down, which I don't know if that's going to happen, even against the Broncos. And I get it. You know, their defense is not as great as it once was. They still have Von Miller's. They still have talent. And you go into that hostile environment. That's part of what's difficult for a young quarterback to go in and play a team that has got the crowd behind them. You know, this is going to be the toughest road game he's ever had. This this is going to be the big. And, and, and I still think that he is a must start like more than Rodgers, more than Brady, who I really like this week, you know, more than Russell Wilson, more than Deshaun Watson. He's the guy to play. And until he slows down, and again, I don't know that that's going to happen, but until he slows down, he needs to be in your lineup, regardless of who you got the quarterback position. In fact, if I have Patrick Mahomes and I have one of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League, I am looking to see what team has a crappy quarterback situation in my league. And I'm trying to trade Aaron Rodgers or Brady or Watson, whatever it is. And I'll ride with Mahomes right to my fantasy playoffs. It's kind of weird because this has been a year where, like, there have been quarterbacks that you can trade. It's normally hard to trade quarterbacks, but, you know, for people who have Mahomes and another well, I mean, he's like, guy. He's like a game changer. It's, it's, it has changed it. Like yes. Watson was last year, right? Like, I mean, there, I remember I was in a league where I had really good running back depth. And I think I ended up trading Christian McCaffrey to get Watson, but I had two stud running backs. And I had no problem doing it because I was good at running back. And then I got Deshaun Watson, who's given me 27 a game. And, and Mahomes is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. And I think the most impressive thing about this kid is that he hasn't thrown a pick. He hasn't thrown a pick. And he does not crumble. He, he has been tremendous. And, I mean, the pace is ridiculous. I don't know if he's going to keep up the pace at this, right. at this level, but he's going to be pretty damn good. And Matt Money Smith talked about this earlier in the week on NFL Fantasy Live. When you have a quarterback who's that good, who has that many weapons, and plays on a team with a crappy defense, 
Oh, dude. Right. And I think that, that's fantasy points right there. That's the biggest thing is because that defense is bad, so they're going to have to keep slinging it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be one of them. Um, Philip Lindsay last week had a an early exit. Yeah, he wanted to fight. Because uh, he turned into likes to fight guy, allegedly. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he must have seen the Creed 2 trailer and was like, yeah, I'm excited. Allegedly, allegedly he threw a punch. Uh, that was enough to get him run. So we didn't see much of him. But he's back this week. The yep. Chiefs defense is bad. Yep. Are we back on the Philip Lindsay train? I mean, I, I'd flex him. Uh, without, I don't think he's an RB2. I, I guess I would flex Royce Freeman, too, because I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up. <laughs> it was it's funny, hard, too, Eddie, because to like, like last week, you know, I was like, oh, man, he's playing the Ravens, and I don't know what's going on, and he's not getting the touches. And then Lindsay, you know, start throwing hands, and, <laughs> and Freeman scores a touchdown in a pretty good game. So we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, certainly watching that. But, yeah, Marcus is right. The Chiefs' defense is, is bad. So I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these guys put up a good stat line. Would you, would you start – would you start Case Keenum? Because like he's been so so even against good yeah. matchups, like he hasn't been great. Would you take a chance on Case Keenum if you are looking to stream quarterbacks this week? You can do worse. I think he's a DFS option because I mean the Chiefs have just been. I awful. mean they've been bad. They've been dude. awful. I mean they've been really bad. I mean I get it. You know they played Garoppolo and you know they played Rivers. I, they they've just been really bad. So I think he's a DFS option. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to cost you a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. And again, when you look at the numbers, I mean, this defense and Eric Berry still hurt. So it's not like they're going to get better. Uh, I, there's been reports that maybe they want to go after Earl Thomas, which would take me off because I'm always, <laughs> I want him. But whatever. But I mean, they're giving up 30 points a game. I mean, uh, w- what is Keenum's floor? I mean, 17, 18. I mean, right. I, I don't mean, know. I thought the, that a couple of weeks ago and he got me like 14, 14 I mean, and a half. I, I, no, I get it. I mean, Case Keenum is clearly not a guy who's like Mr. Reliable, but just even, you know, think about game script too. Like if the Chiefs do what they've been doing and they get ahead and Keenum's got to throw the football, Chiefs can't stop anybody. So we'll see. Right. All right. So there it is. It's our week four preview. Go out. Prosper. Thank us later. Introducing Audible Originals, a new member benefit. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles created by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Every month, Audible members get one credit for any audiobook, plus two Audible Originals from a changing selection that you can't get anywhere else. You also get access to audio fitness and health workouts created exclusively for Audible. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which lets you fill your fall with more stories like, I don't know, pick a football book. I know Low Collision Cross is a favorite of our friend uh, Chris Wessling here, so go check that out. Get, to, get your knowledge on. Learn some more about some football. Listening with Audible lets you get more books in your life because with the free Audible app, you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, commuting, doing chores, anywhere. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals when you try Audible for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash NFL Fantasy Live or text NFL Fantasy Live to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash NFL Fantasy Live or text NFL Fantasy Live to 500-500. All right. We've gone to that, that part of the week. It's the part that we all love. Yep. It is time for Eddie's Delirious Pick. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> love it. All right. Uh, so what you got this week? Well, for those counting, uh, so far I'm 0 for 2. Yeah, but you know, they're, they're like bold predictions. Yeah, so like, they are I mean? very bold. Right. Uh, and I, I feel like I might be 0 for 3 after this one. but Well, uh, yeah, at least you're confident. <laughs> Baker Mayfield versus Oakland okay. will outscore Aaron Rodgers versus Buffalo this Woo-hoo! 
and the reasons why. Um, Well, you could look at it this way. With Buffalo coming off the hot streak, they finally got the win. I call it a hot streak. But they're feeling better about themselves. They finally won. Uh, His knee is still banged up, so he's going to lose the points of being mobile. Not typical Aaron Rodgers there. I I could see a scenario where Buffalo plays them tough. Uh, On the flip side, if they get to an early lead, then they could just, you know, I don't know, run the ball, run the clock out, and when they already beat up on Buffalo. But uh, for for Baker Mayfield's side, I saw that they, he was like an eight nine point differential between uh, Rodgers on certain sites. So I don't think that's that far of a spread. Um, and when he came in, he was electric. Oakland's defense is pretty bad. Um, I think that Oakland's offense though has been okay. So I I could still see them scoring some points on um, on Cleveland if they don't turn the ball over. But yeah, I, I I wasn't originally on the Baker Mayfield train, but I think he's gonna have like a shocking. Uh, you know, his first full start, I think he'll have a, a pretty good game. So I have him outscoring Aaron Rodgers this week. I like it, man. I, I like, like that it. one. That's good. It's definitely bold. Look, here's the thing. And, and, I don't know if that, I, that he outscores him, but I think he has a big game. And I think that's kind of the point, right? Like, he held out and has a huge, huge game this week against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. What he showed last week, man, he just he looks like a game changer back there. Dude, it was <laughs> like, I mean, Cleveland hadn't been that electric since, you know, LeBron and the Cavs won the championship. Right? You know? Right? I mean, that uh, is so funny because uh, uh, my buddy Jason Smith, for, uh, now from Fox Sports, is a big Jets fan, and uh, Elliot and I, uh, Elliot Harrison, and I called in uh, and, and basically made made believe that we were like these two drunk Cleveland fans who just left the stadium, <laughs> and we saw them beat the Jets, and uh, they haven't won in 300, whatever days it was, like six, six, whatever, whatever the hell it was, days, yeah, and, and they beat the Jets. It was, it was great, but just watching the footage, like the streets of Cleveland, it was like they just won a championship. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I mean, good for them. I think it'll continue. Uh, I think the, you know what? I think they win again this week. And uh, I will tell you what: if the Raiders go to zero and four, man. Ooh, well, Gruden's still getting a hundred million. So I'm gonna, uh, whatever. I'm gonna have to start, you know, texting my folks still in the Bay Area and uh, ask them how they feel because uh, <laughs> it's not it's not going to be great. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, uh, it is time for the mailbag. Uh, Eddie, you got some tweets for us? We got a lot. Thanks again to all those who tweeted in. Hopefully, I'll pick yours next week if I didn't get to it this week. Uh, start off, we have at uh, Lemiracle asked uh, you guys more sustainable wide receiver, Godwin or Lockett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Lockett, just because I think he will get more targets. Even when Baldwin comes back, that means he's he drops to the number two receiver in the offense. Godwin right now, I think, is a solid third or fourth option in the passing game in Tampa. And plus, I don't know, I guess I just believe in Russell Wilson more than I believe in Jameis or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'd probably go at Lockett, too, but, man, you know, Godwin is a guy I like. I like him a lot. And I really liked him, and he's been good. He hasn't had one bad game. But Lockett, to me, is is the call here. Yeah. At D Blake underscore, do I start Brady or Big Ben for Week Four? Oh man! Oh, Ooh. go ahead. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'd go Big Ben, but I think I would. I too. mean, Brady's he's great. Pick. I mean, they're both at home, yep. but you know, Ben at home is is a thing. Uh, it is a thing. I uh, yeah, I think I go. I think I go Ben here. At Almighty underscore MVPS, uh, David Johnson, Lashawn McCoy, or Aaron Jones. What one of those? Yeah, oh. I gotta go. David Johnson. Yeah, I gotta go. DJ. I know. I get it. I know it hurts. Gotta do it. I know it hurts, but I go DJ. All right, here and we have at uh, Sassy Girl Sugar. Uh, okay, <laughs> wants to know if uh, you would trade Corey Davis for Tyler Boyd. Would I trade Corey? I would. Yeah, if I'm getting Tyler Boyd back in resp- in return right now, I would. I would agree. I just you know, I, as much as I love Corey Davis. I just don't see it happening in that Titans offense right now. Yep. So, 
Uh, and to end it here, we have at Cy Cloquella asks, uh, I just got Michael Thomas straight up for Zeke. Was it a good trade? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, it really depends on scoring system and sort of the situation, because if you were getting Thomas and you really needed a wide receiver, but you had good running backs, then, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. So I think it's, look, here's the thing. Very few trades, I think, in fantasy are, I mean, there's some that are just like crazy lopsided, but generally, you know, so much of it depends on your roster construction and what you need and that sort of thing. But uh, generally, uh, I think most trades are, are generally kind of fair. So there you go. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for the show. We appreciate you listening as always. Thanks to Darius guys for uh, stopping by and chatting with us for a few minutes. And uh, always remember, never let your friends feel lonely. Disturb them all the time. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.